Hi, you're listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is a bi-weekly American history podcast. So once a week, I'll uh, read a story from American history to my friend. Oh, by Dave Anthony, to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea that, what the topic is going to be about. Do you Don't think people... They can feel. They can feel it's weird. They can feel that we've done this three times. They can feel. Yeah, they, they're they're feeling. There's some. Uh, there's already a lot of angst. We got the kinks out. Now there's your cat. <laughs> <laughs> Dave doesn't even have the energy to call him a fat cat right now. And called it quote his jam patch. Jam patch. I'm the fucking hippo guy. Dave, okay. My name's Gary. <laughs> My name's Gary. Wait, is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tiggly Podcast. Okay. This is like anarchy. On a five-part coefficient. <laughs> My room's a flame. Now hit him with the puppy. You both present sick arguments. <laughs> no sleep tell hippo. No sleep tell hippo. Uh, action part. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. Rhoda. Rhoda in the court. Uh, if you want to, my Instagram is Dave underscore Anthony underscore. He's that's a my, badass, that's huh? my Instagram. What's your Instagram? At, uh, at Reynolds Gareth. And yep. the picture is of uh, the weirdest uh, mustache man I've seen in a while. And we have a dollop uh, one, the dollop, uh, dollop podcast, I think it is. I think it's dollop podcast. Yeah, dollop right. podcast. This is our Instagram. Um, also, we're on the ATC Comedy Network. Uh, you guys could go check out shows over there. 1841. God, thank God it didn't stop this time. Congress passed the Preemption Act, which allowed squatters the right to buy land at a low cost. They had to live on the land for at least 14 months, and they could buy up to 160 acres for one twenty-five an acre. That's super cheap. You can't get mm. uh, a lot of places you can't get a Coke for that now. Mm. But back then, you could get an acre. I don't know. It sounds a little pricey. What's the kitsch? There is no kitsch. You just got to live there 14 months. You got to just farm literally it. chill there. You got to farm it. You just got to chill. Oh, you got to uh, chill and farm. I don't even know if you have to farm it. This one. I don't if know if you're a squatter, I believe squatters are. Uh, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Well, this is squatting. also this is also telling people that they can go there and squat for 14 months and then get the land. Right. Literally, literally you have to squat over it. <laughs> right. That's what it was. My calves are burning. <laughs> you got two more months to go, Jimmy. Shit! I got damn it! I'm tensing up, Ridge. <laughs> Uh, at this time, uh, less than 700,000 of the 17 million United States citizens lived in the western frontier. Sounds Mo- like our numbers were pretty good then. Yeah. Should have stuck around that. I agree. Uh, most thought the area was uninhabitable. They, uninhabitable. They thought, I think from the Sierras over to the Mississippi, was they called it the desert land. They just thought it was a fucking Jerry's disaster. still out. I agree. When Frederick Law Olmsted came uh, west in the 1850s, he said that the plains looked like a sea of grasses that moved in swells after a great storm. So it looks like it's a, they look like waves. The, the, the grass used to be above your head. They were, I know in California there were fucking antelopes running around. Like it was beautiful before it we destroyed it. Sounds like Land of the Lost. It was amazing. Okay. That's a good thing we came in and fucked with it. Yeah, now and then Thank we, God. and the, the smaller grass took over. We got rid of the bigger We need grass. buildings everywhere. <laughs> What about a Costco? Man, have you ever thought about drilling in a hole here and bringing out the black shitty stuff? Huh? Get it everywhere. Put it in your water. Um, so at this time, cowboys would just take their giant herds of cattle across the open land. That's They just fatten them up and, and then take them to market. Well, that's, but that's helpful because they're eating the big grass that is over our heads, right? I hope so. I'm terrified of that shit. Yeah. The manifest destiny is in full swing. Americans needed to take the land, right, and subdue it. So they're sure. all about... They're all about getting this Western land out. Spread America into the green. Spread America. 
The donation land law of 1850 let married couples claim 640 acres of land in Oregon Territory, which at that point is like much bigger. It's like uh, Dave, you Utah. don't need to explain it to me necessarily uh, because I've seen the documentary Far and Away. And I'm very familiar it's with how this works. It's a documentary. It's a documentary about a it's boxer. Not, it's not. I know a Scientologist. It's about, it's about a Scientologist who has a leprechaun accent. Oh, I think his accent was very good. You think that what? You found it arch? I know when I hear... I am a boxer! I know when I hear an accent that sounds like mine that it's bad. <laughs> Some businessmen in the North were against land grants because they were worried that free land would uh, make all of their laborers run away to the West. Anytime a sentence starts with some businessmen were, you know, like you just right away know that that's not... Never anything good. that worried a businessman is good. In the South, they had a totally different worry. That was that their slaves would escape to the West and become landowners. Jesus, God. The ultimate nightmare. Good Lord. Uh, this would mean that that those states would probably become no slave states, right? And so that would be, you know, hell. Terrible. Them. Can't have then that. You're, yeah. How dare they? In 1862, President Lincoln signed the Homestead Act, which offered 160 acres of public lands to any citizen or wannabe citizen who could farm the land for five years. So that's... As long that's as you away. wore a big, crazy hat. Yeah, you could swear. I don't think that was a part of it. You got to wear a big hat. I don't think that was a Everything thing. about it makes sense. You get as much as you need... But you gotta wear a hat that goes over the grass. The, We're talking about a hat that's eight feet. This the giraffing of hats. The land could be bought for just eighteen dollars, or you just had to file a piece of paper for eighteen dollars. Uh, sure. Which really kind of opened it up to people who didn't have a lot of money. After the war, anyone who had fought against the North could not do this. Okay. Suck it. Okay. Uh, but many African Americans did, particularly men. They did come out. They didn't do the Homestead Act because they didn't have $18, obviously, because they were former slaves. But uh, many of them became cowboys. And after the war, it is believed around 25% of cowboys were African Americans. Wow. Okay. You see that in all the movies. That's the thing about right. all, every Very single, well every, represented. There's never been a Westerner that didn't have 25% black cowboys. Why in like the culture of Hollywood and like Fuck. their love of at least pretending to embrace diversity have has they this not never been accepted in Westerns? Like they've never, I think there's one, I think there's there was one movie that came out recently that was, I believe, an all black cast of a Western but obviously, you never saw it because it probably just played in certain neighborhoods. Right. Because, it's because God forbid. You're right. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, you do not. So you're not saying see the most that. historically accurate Western is potentially Blazing Saddles? <laughs> <laughs> European immigrants and East Coast migrants headed west. Real estate and mining speculators also made claims. It was a very common scheme for an individual to file a homestead surrounding a source of water. Once the land, Sorry, they would fight that. That okay, so they are. They're getting the land around a, a that makes sense. A pond or a lake or a sure, river, river or whatever. Okay, it was. sure. Um, Ocean. Once, sure. Once the land was granted, other cattle ranchers would then be denied the use of that water source, which is obviously against the open land sort of thing. Does that mean if you if you got a place on a river? You were like the river's off limits. No, but you, you're just you, like no my could, section of the river. Yeah, no you can't, one can come, come can't through. drink from my river part. Right, and 160 acres. This can be a lot of fucking land. Sure, so. yeah. Um, so uh, this would close off surrounding land to competition, and it would turn out the individual was actually just fronting for a corporation the whole time. Oh, good. Okay. First of the waterhole. It's basically a so. Very, this is the dollop about the Koch brothers. It's, yeah, the first of the waterhole should be the nickname of American success. Right. 
<laughs> I'm Constantine Coke. There was. Was there really? I'd be great if there was a Constantine uh, Coke. There had to have been. So there was an unwritten rule in the West known as the law of the open range. Cowboys and cattle would travel freely with unrestricted access to grass and water. They needed to do this to fatten up, right? So they're just taking them out and they're just letting them eat. So this is the law of nature. Well, cattle, well, I mean, cattle aren't natural. A herd of cattle isn't natural. Uh, right, but them America, wanting to eat grass is natural. Is, but yeah, that's very natural. Just just having them out on the land eating Grazing. is very natural. Yes. That is a natural way to do things. Yes. Um, now what? Now let's listen to how we got in the way. Cattlemen could have ten. They could have up to ten thousand cattle and not own and not own any land at all. How right? do you keep count? You ju- you have a dog that goes around the outside. I circle. counted nine again. <laughs> this dog's an idiot. <laughs> fucking talking dog's an idiot. Um, I think we lost two. The cattlemen grazed livestock on government lands. Uh, it eventually spilled over into undeveloped private land. So, in the West, it didn't matter who owned the land. Cattle had the right to use any water or grazing pastures, right? So, this is the law of open land. It's not, it's not a, a technical law, but it is like the way things are done. A custom. A custom, but a little bit more than that. It's like, it's like this is how we live our lives here. Yeah. Well, you would gather that that would be the way it would go. Because, well, it's very natural. Because, yes, because it just is how, what's going on. Now, right. Let's now, do something about it. Now, in the denser eastern states, livestock owners fenced in their animals because there's more people. The cattle would then go eat other farmers' crops. You know, it's a, sure. it's a shit show of of animal eating lettuce. Right. Well, you, it's very hard to tell a cow to not eat. You can't. I've tried. You have. Fuck, have I tried? Good lord, have you tried? I've tried with Jose. It's not going well. I, see I need that. to build. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. So, homesteaders from the East thought fences were normal. And the whole idea behind the Homestead Act was to get people to farm. So, they would, to them, was naturally you go out there, you put up fences. Okay. But fence land is totally alien and foreign to the Western cattlemen, right? Right. So, they've never seen a fence. Well, they have, but it's not like you don't just go out in the middle of nowhere and then there's a fence. Right. That's crazy to them. Right. How do they handle that? It's going to be good. So fencing is not easy in the West. There were far fewer trees in the plains and the West than there were in the East. Wood rotted in the weather. It needed constant repairs. Uh, and then there were fires all the time. Good thing the things are different. And wood, I don't know if you know about wood, but it, it, it dries will and then burn. It burns. It, it does burn. It's, yeah, it is flammable. It is flammable? Yes. Yes. God, I, I think I, buy, I think I owe someone five dollars. You can buy uh, bundles of it and put it in your fireplace at home, and you can set it on fire. You cannot do that with water. You cannot do that with lead. Can't do it with water. You're thinking of mercury. No, no, I am not. You're I'm, thinking of wood. I'm thinking of wood. Eh. Trust me. Just go with me on this one. Eh. Um, so there also weren't enough stones to build walls in the West, but farmers. So had, there was a stone shortage. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're out in the middle of fucking Nebraska, yeah, there's a stone shortage. Still is. I don't buy it. Uh, Farmers had to have fences, though, when they planted crops because there's so many free-range fucking cattle running around that they would just come in and eat and trample everything. Right. So the cattle are are experiencing a little... uh, They're having moo apron. They're they're just going out and they get to, like, have some corn, some maters. Yeah, they're having a good time. Right. No, it's like... They're just like, wow, that grass was shit. They're like always having a blue apron. You know what's good are carrots. I have had carrots. That was my cow. It's not good. So many farmers uh, then tried hedges as a way to keep the cows out. 
So the idea behind that being that uh, in order to stop them from eating your greens, build a wall of greens? Yeah, build a wall of lettuce uh-huh. and see what happens. But you won't believe this. They ate through the hedge. How is that possible? They, they think it's an amuse-bouche. So the hedges were five to ten feet in width. So they took up crop space and they cast a shadow. Plus, they were a pain in the ass. It required constant manipulation to ensure they grew in the right direction. Or else you just have a giant bush. That Plus, the cows are just going to eat right through them. The cows are going to eat through it. Hedges took up to five years to grow. Whose plan was this? This is a terrible plan. This is the fucking Jimmy idiots. Hey, uh, it's me, Jimmy. I got another idea. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, thinking in order to keep the cows out, yeah. Uh, yeah. we use a bunch of uh, sweet corn. Well, hold on. I got this. Get out of here! Hey, yeah, get out of here! No, Who was we talking to? That was for you. Hey, yeah, he was for you, Well, oh, you think he left. Hey, hey I just got another idea. Hey, Jimmy, you remember Maybe you... we build a wall of uh, ice cream. Jimmy. To keep the kids out. Jimmy, you remember what your last name is? Yeah. Idiot. Yeah, so you're a, f- you're a fucking idiot. Get out of here. Yeah, get out of here, idiot. No, that's for you, Jimmy. Hey, I got another idea. Okay. I think in order to keep the men out, we build a wall of booze. So... Why would we? You guys let me know when you're ready. <laughs> Let's pull the trigger on something soon. I ain't got long to live. Doc says, um, pretty sick. Okay, thank God. The cough ain't, the cough ain't okay. Hedges could also burn, and rodents love them. So, everyone wins. People started to give up and head back east or to the west coast. Mm-hmm. But some people were experimenting. John Grininger, an iron worker in Austin, put pieces of metal with coarse teeth on the top of a wooden fence to protect his garden. He had metal teeth? Now, yes. Now, his neighbors and other Austin citizens, citizens were furious that he had done this because it would harm the animals. Te- by teeth, you mean like they are it like sort of them. spikes? Yeah. I mean, okay. it sounds like little little rigid things that cut the animals. Sure. Near. Yes. Very humane. So the cows are cruising over and getting cut because the cows have never seen this before. They're like, what the fuck is happening? I thought we were doing hedges. Uh, and then so all the people in, tried to run him out of Austin, uh, but he wouldn't back down. He refused to leave. He wouldn't take down his fence enhancement. Okay. And then in 1862, sounds he, was, like a cool he was murdered. Uh, mm. uh, they don't know if his death was related to fencing, but I'm just going to say it was. Sounds like some cows got their hands on guns. More fun. Yeah. By 1870, wire fencing became common. But the wire was smooth, which meant longhorn cattle could bend the wire low enough to trample it or rip up fence posts. So longhorn cattle are the fucking crazy asshole of cattle. They're, they're unruly. They're wild. Like, they're super hard. T-Rex cattle. They're the T-Rex cattle. Okay. The wire also became brittle in the winter and would droop in the summer, so then they'd have to replace it every year, basically. It, it, and so it's just fucking costing Highly ineffective. Sh- it's costing a shitload, basically. <laughs> okay. uh, fencing costs made farming impractical. The Iowa State Agricultural Society annual report had a section titled, quote, What shall we do for fences? Mm-hmm. <laughs> From the Shouting Times? Yes. Have you seen the, the fence section? Soup needs to be better. <laughs> Uh, another report put the total value of fences at over 1.7 billion, with an annual cost of 200 million. So that's I mean, a lot. that is a like that's a lot now. That's fucking. That's a lot. That's then. Yeah. Good God. So basically, the fences are not working. Without fences, there couldn't be manifest destiny. They couldn't take over the land. Could right? there be manifest destiny? There could be. Oh man. <laughs> then Jacob Hache 
came up with the idea of entwining thorny hedge branches with wire. Okay. Which would stop the livestock from damaging the fences. Sure. He's right. Right. Others were working on ideas. In 1873, farmer Henry Rose had a very difficult cow. Okay. Did he now? I think we've all dealt with this situation. Sure, yeah. So he, I think he's using drugs. I think he, <laughs> so he attached a wooden board, which had sharp pieces of wood, uh, sharp pieces of wire, sorry, to the cow's head. Sorry, and, he's fence. He is, he's... Fencing he, the cow's he head in? Fenced the cow head. So he's building a fence around the cow's head. Yes, he's put a board, he's put a fence board on a cow's head, as you will do. Sure. Sure, sure. This is so normal. this is a man, right. He's a thinker. Sure. He figured this would Did keep, he have anyone around him? Is I'm sure just, someone was like, don't. Jimmy Idiots was there? I, I feel like yeah, this is genius. This is great. And there, I, bet, I bet there's another guy that was like, don't do that. No, I don't know. Okay, so he. He puts a board on the cows. And then the cow would push against the spikes, and it would push the board into her head, which had the wires on it. It would hurt the cow, and then she'd stop pushing. That's the idea. Then after a while, he realized instead of attaching the board to the cow's head, he could attach the boards to the fence. So this guy really worked backwards. (laughs) Right? I'm I'm sure the... Board kept coming off the cow. Was there I a guy behind him who was like, "We should build a wall. We should build a wall. Big we should wall. build a wall. Um, so build he, a wall around the cow's head." So he patents that idea, and then other guys are patenting uh, other things. There were spur wheels on on wire fences. They took the spurs off the back of the right. How would the cowboys jingle jangle? Right. There were, there's no jingle jangling for these guys. And then the cow pushes up against the spurs, and they're supposed to get hurt and then not do it anymore. But because they would rotate, it wasn't supposed to hurt them that much. It's just a fun story about how to hurt cows. Oh, yeah. Um, so, But then the spinning made it totally ineffectual. It didn't do anything. Um, so the cows wouldn't care. So that didn't work. Another guy patented a fence with cut nails that were twisted in wire, which would also rotate. But then that didn't work because they rotated. They so the spinning and the spinning of shit is not is a failure. The cows are just like I don't fucking care. Okay, I didn't know that. Then in 1873, at a county fair, Joseph Glidden saw an exhibit of Henry Rose's spiked board fence. The, uh, oh, the, guy, right, the, the guy who everyone got mad at for yeah. Okay, he decided to improve on the idea. He twisted short strands of wire into barbs, then intertwined them through to, to wire. Strands. What does he call this wire with barbs? Well, this kept the barbs in place. Then he made several hundred feet of what he called barbed wire and put it around his wife's garden. Okay. <laughs> she was like, I wanted to I want to get... How am I going to get in there? I want to till. Honey, I've created a prison. Huh? The vegetables are in jail. And I didn't know you were in there, but you live there with your tomatoes That's now. That's where you are now. You live there now. Um... <laughs> So uh, the farm animals tried to push past it, but they had met a fence they couldn't deal with. And because of the pain, they would turn around and move on. So Glidden then sold his half of his interest to store owner Isaac Elwood for $265. And together, the two men opened the Barb Fence Company. Okay. Now, they sold 10,000 10, pounds of barbed wire in the first year. That, that's a good amount. I think so. I, I, I'm not a big... Uh, Money would be more helpful than like I've, weight. I've always done a thing. Like, I went into Home Depot the other day, and I was like, uh, can I get uh, 200 pounds of redwood fence? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you want 200 pounds of redwood fence? Sure, here you go. 
How much fence are you looking to build? I uh, I mean I'm I want it to be around my house. So I probably run around two, four hundred, three hundred, four hundred pounds. Sure, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We can do that. Yeah, you know, I got a big. That's a pretty big place. Yeah, it's no, a couple, should... it's a couple acres. How many pounds of fence do you think I need? Ooh. It's hundreds, like you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. That's how we do it. Well, let's uh, put it on the scale. Am I going to help you with that? Because that's a big scale. This is a lot of boards. Oh, well, I don't even work here. Oh, yeah. My wife left. Okay. So, looking for a pal. Oh, uh, I'm just looking for fence, buddy. Uh, I'm not looking for a, a, a fence. Let's pal. get it. Let's get it up there. Okay, let's get her up. The next year, they sold more than 600,000 pounds of barbed wire fencing. Jesus Christ. One of their salesmen, John Warren Gates, who gambled so much. You know, we should build gates. Shut up. He gambled so much, his nickname became Bet a Million Gates. Wow. He staged a demonstration in San Antonio. He set up a corral using barbed wire and then challenged local cattlemen to, quote, get the wildest damn cattle in Texas, crown here with barbed wire, and then let them try to get out. So he created a challenge where the, you could see if the cattle would go through the barbed wire? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's adding into pounds and pounds of revenue. I'm sure. <laughs> so a huge crowd gathers, as you would. As, of, Dave, I mean, because something happened. Anything was anything happening. Anything happened. Yeah. Someone's walking. Yeah, they're there. So the Texas Longhorns are sent in, which, uh, like I said, the most unruly yeah. belligerent of the cattle. They, quote, thundered in and immediately sped toward the fence, intent on bullying their way past it. As they made contact with the barbed wire, they drew back in pain. Yes! Ah, terrible. Enraged, they again charged the fence and again recoiled in pain. The herd continued on this way, repeatedly challenging the integrity of the barbed wire fence while the fence continued to hold. Finally, the herd settled down with no more interest in breaking their boundaries. Barbed wire had won out against the toughest breed of cattle in the West. Man wins again. Goddamn right! You see us turn those wild animals into sad, big creatures? Huh? Soon Gates was flooded. Now they can't have access to nature. (laughs) (laughs) That's where we make money. Soon Gates was flooded with orders from people who had seen or heard about the demonstration. So this was the 1800s infomercial. Yeah, this was... This How was, many times has this happened to you? I mean, this was a big fucking splash right. in the West. Like, yeah. everyone's talking about this. Right. Like, this is a oh my huge God. deal. Yeah, okay. The Los Angeles Herald wrote about the new fencing on May 7th, 1875. Quote, the cattle cannot twist or break it, and the bar points will make it a terror to unruly steers after one test. Unruly steer. I mean, they are just pursuing They're unruly. Their instinct. They're Right. Unruly. Unruly. Yeah. You say natural, I say break it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, it costs one third less than the commonest kind uh, of a poor fence. May 15th, quote. Was the guy who liked uh, putting the, the board around cows' heads like, I still think. God damn it. I think the jury's still out on building fences around their heads individually. Come on, people. Listen to me. I also have a fix. The Los Angeles Herald, uh, the, on May 15th, they wrote, uh, quote, It was examined by hundreds of farmers who pronounced it the fence of the period. With cheapness, it combines durability, making it the most desirable fence ever presented to the public. Any farmer can put it up, and once up, it needs no repairs. As compared with other fences, it is cheaper, more durable, and more easy to put up. So, But there's got to be a catch. It doesn't have the thing where... 
you know, it just rusts, but it doesn't it doesn't go bad like the, the right. It does like the other one the that would erode a little bit. And, right. right. So it turns out um, <coughs> the guy who came up with the idea of wrapping the the thorny hedges around the wire, Jacob Hache, submitted a patent application for an S barbed wire design two months after Glidden had submitted his. Okay, so clearly he should not win this patent. But Hayes received his patent 10 months before Glidden got his. All right, Dave, let's justify the bullshit. Hayes' S-bar would become popular, but never as popular as Glidden's design. Still, Hayes put a sign up on his house that read, quote, Jacob Hayes, inventor of barbed wire. I mean, we're just the worst. Uh, I, <laughs> what a loser. Uh, can you imagine that? He then filed patent interference papers against Glidden. Okay. What but he filed this two months after. What, yeah, he filed it two months do after. We, do we his... find out why he gets it so early? No. It's just because the patents were like, uh, well, we spilled our folders. Or some guys just working faster than the other guy. So the just the patent off... officer just yeah, like. Yeah, some was patent like... office guy that's been sitting on his desk or something. You know, right. who knows? That's good. Um, so Jacob Hayes then bought ads to make the public aware of his claims. Oh, number one barbed wire man. Change my name to Barb. No, hold on. <laughs> hold on. No, wait. Back it up off that. I'll be wire. Quote, to purchasers of barbed wire, the, whose barbs has the dullest point and unravels when one wire breaks, whose barb rusts the quickest, the monopolists. Here, here, here. Who makes the only needle pointed and best barb used? Heish. It's long. Yeah, so there's a little a music that helps that. So they're 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 he's he's trying to set up that the uh, that Glidden is uh, uh, trying a liar to, trying to make a monopoly of right barbed wire. Another quote: Whose turn is it to eat crow? Monopolist said two years ago they would shut Hayes up in thirty days. Have they done it? Who was the pioneer of the first successful barbed wire used? Made the first spool. Who holds the first patent for barbs with two wires? Who shipped the first spool via rail and steamboat? Jacob Hayes is the man. The monopolists, the monopolists, the monopolists are resorting to every artifice to win, right or wrong. Boy. Heed them not. Their I, words are but idle tales twice told. I mean, I just, I, 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 I just hate him so quickly. Yeah, and also, I, I would never. The monopolist. I would never learn to read if this is how things were written. I, it, I would just take a pass. It is, but like in our in context now, it's like very hard to understand what he is actually saying. He is like you get it, but yeah. it's. I mean, there's, there's he needs an editor. Yeah, he needs an editor. Who needs someone to trim down on their tags and lines? Why, that's the one and only Jacob Hayes looking for an editor. That's you. Yes, I'm looking for someone to eliminate some useless words that I have and my slogans and my tags. Oh, come on, you know who invented all this. Why are, why are you asking? That's what I'm saying. Come on down, the monopolist, the monopolist, the monopolist. I give money to anybody who can find a superfluous word and all this nonsense I'm spouting. Jacob Hayes, man of many, 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 many words. Hey, Jacob, everyone took off while you were... Yeah, I know. Okay. I saw him going. Yep. You know what I think it is? 
I mean, they actually got. Here's how long you were talking. Cars were invented, and they got in them while you were talking. God, that's drove, what they, they were. Off. They were yeah, cars. Those were cars. You know, who invented those. Okay. We're the one and only. <laughs> Two men fought. Uh, the two men fought for years, both saying they had the rights and had invented it. Hayes kept filing lawsuits against his competitors because his patent had been approved before Glidden's, which is just straight bullshit. I mean, it was approved before, <laughs> but still, the rush designs resulted. In, so, so this because there's competition between these two guys, and now everyone's rushing out designs, and there, there ended up being 570 barbed wire patents. Oh my god. And 2,000 patents related to barbed wire patents. Is that a crazy amount? Yeah, I think so. For a wire, it has to be. For a wire with a yeah. fucking little spike in it. Well, yeah. you see, the tweak that I've made is <laughs> that the tip of the barb is actually red. So that's a little bit different. I think that's a huge advantage. Mine has flames painted in right there you see on the barbed no, But wire. the tip is red, flames. so that's very much like the one I'm after. But mine has flames. Uh, mm flames but uh, mine actually doesn't have barbs i'm actually here to uh pitch putting a f- uh, fence around the cow's head which i think would be a more efficient way to do this okay, i don't know what well, come on get out come on so barbed wire is super cheap to make so people just start cranking it out in illinois 29 factories started producing barbed wire prices dropped people were making it illegally all over the place without purchasing purchasing licenses making barbed wire illegally they became known as moonshiners <laughs> It's not as good. It's no. not as good as the old other moonshiners. No. They're barb shiners. Uh, they would make their illegal barbed wire at night. You don't tell nobody. Oh, we're going to make illegal barbed wire. Where are you going? Down to the speakeasy to drink. Shush up. Let's make some barbed wire. <laughs> don't tell nobody. You said it, Jimmy. Glidden's company managed to close down 139 moonshine wire factories with notices. Sure. Glenwood put notices in newspapers warning dealers and farmers against buying Moonshiner's wire. There's a black market for barbed wire? That's insane. <laughs> Fort Worth Daily Gazette. Caution, dealers in and consumers of barbed wire are hereby warned against purchasing any style of wire represented to be the genuine Glidden wire, as other parties are manufacturing and offering for the sale of an imitation Glidden wire. Now, according to law, the buyer could be held equally responsible for violating patent rights. If you, so if you buy it, you're fucked as well. I, 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 but also, like, is the thing... I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't really know how patent law works, but if you can make it, can't you just make it? No. Okay. Not if someone else has invented it. But you're not selling it. No, you, so you pay that person a license fee to make it. So you pay the inventor. Have you never watched Shark Tank? I've watched a lot of Shark Tank. So, when, so sometimes they go, I want to make this product. And sometimes they go, I think we should license this product. Which yeah. Means, which means they, you're, someone's paying you to make your product. But I think like even today, there are so many things that... Like, well, no, you can always get fucked by a patent. Oh, for sure. That's why there's so many So they're going to come after my niece for making slime? I mean, yeah, I'm going to. Now that I know about this, yeah, She's not. this is a thing. She's not. Yeah, well, that's happening. No, she isn't. She just... Her that's friend ha- did. That's happening. This guy... Did. Um, it so, was Hage. Hage did it. Uh-huh. So uh, some people backed the patent violators, like you're saying. They, yeah. They, they didn't believe in that some guy should have a patent over barbed wire. Well, I think it's one thing if you're making something to sell and profit from it after it's been patented. But, that's patented, what, but after... But that's what he's doing. I mean, he is making... He Glidden did patent this. But you, I was talking more specifically about the people who are making their own barbed wire. 
Yeah, you can't do that either. That's what I mean. I feel like you should be allowed to do that. Sorry. <laughs> well, that's bullshit. But they're not, mostly not making it for themselves. They're making it to sell. And I think those are the people he's going after. Okay. Um, I'll allow it. But other people are mad because he's, you know, trying to create a monopoly. So they became known as the Free Wire supporters. Good God. What? <laughs> Oh, God. And then legitimate manufacturers of lesser-known barbed wire designs joined with the moonshiners to resist Glidden's monopoly. In Iowa, there were so many free wire supporters that the state legislature passed a resolution requesting the attorney general bring a suit against Glidden's barbed wire company of monopoly. And Glidden began began uh, to be called a shark. <laughs> But in December, so it is Shark Tank. Yeah. But wait, so, but Glidden, okay. So he, but he came up with it. He designed. He designed. Right. The so they they're using Monopolist as sort of this. Uh, I mean, that's how they're making him. They're painting him well, as a villain. I, I think what they're by saying using is the term Monopoly. People need this to 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 set up farms and settle the land. And here's a guy making money off of it, and that makes him mad. I think that's all right. it is. Well, you know, there's always the solution. Mm-hmm. Build a fence around okay. your cow's head. That we, yeah, Just we've... put a couple boards. Now, shut up. Okay. Put a couple boards around your cow's head. Mm-hmm. Okay? That eliminates all of this. It's more expensive. It's crazier. <laughs> and it's worse right. for the animal. Right. Can, so, you, can you write those things down? I can't write anything down. Okay. Why? I can't write. Oh, is that what you want to talk about? No, I don't need to write. I'm the guy who came up with cow head fence. Okay. 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 I don't need to know how to write. We got it. We got it. There was actually five guys just on the other side of town asking where they could get some cow head fence. Shut up. I swear to God. Well, I should get there right now. I need a a lot of boards. How many cows they got? They got like 20. Oh, shit. That's going to be a long job but yeah. i need it yeah yeah i think people come around once they see what it looks like to have yeah, a I don't think, yeah. fence around an no, animal's not at all. cranium not at all cranium is a big word for okay. me see you later there they, they, they are down i see them oh that just looks like a bunch of corn i'll Let's go speak. talk to it i'll go talk to it so oh you're whistling out yeah i love yeah. it whistle. <laughs> couple things gotta know about me so, um, now, Glenn's company, uh, they're, they're in court, right, with Haish. Like, they're fighting the other, each other the whole time. Sure. So in December 1880, a court declared Haish in violation of Glidden's original patent and made him liable for damages accrued. This meant Haish had to pay all the money he'd made off barbed wire since 1874. Six what year years. are we in now? That's six years. Okay, six so years a lot old. of money, because we're talking about the boom. Of, that's a lot of money. Okay. So Glidden's company had the sole and exclusive rights to produce barbed wire. So this goes for fucking everybody now. Sure. Now, all independent manufacturers who had violated the patents were liable for back royalties. <laughs> 33 companies were deemed illegal manufacturers and hit for back damages. Many barbed wire manufacturers went out of business. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, your, your model's illegal. Yeah, it's all fucked up. Those that survived now had to pay, uh, apply for licenses from Glidden's company. Okay. And in July of 1881, Jacob Heche agreed to hand over his rights to the S-barb design and other patents he had. In return, he got a license to manufacture and sell barbed wire. Okay, so now he's just one of the... Now he's just a seller. Yeah, now he's got to take that sign down off his right. fucking house. Yeah, yeah. well, it's probably, probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> but this time... Uh, by this time, 50,000 miles were fenced uh, by barbed wire in the West. To cowboys and Native Americans, fencing was against their way of thinking and life. This was a huge clash between how the two different groups of people were using the land. The, so obviously, obviously the east, the they farmers, had a... Farmers and the non-farmers. So they had a big sort of dinner and they all sort of hashed it out, obviously. Yeah, that's exactly... Listen to all that, different sides of the yeah, argument. And that's it, the end. Thank you. God, what a sweet tale of us understanding. Many people also started to see barbed wire as cruel. And the damage being done to the animals was being written about. The Daily Alta California newspaper quote. I feel like I'm going to enjoy this section. A fine mare belonging to the livestock company was crippled for life last Monday by jumping into a barbed wire fence. There should be a law passed requiring a top rail put on every wire fence so as to give animals timely warning. As it is, nine cases out of ten, the finest stock are injured on account of not seeing the barbed wire in time. Pacific Rural Press, quote, The worst case of slaughter by barbed wire that we remember hearing of, it, of is reported this week from Chico, where the horses attached to a combined harvester ran away and struck a barbed wire fence. Four were so badly injured that it was necessary to kill them outright. The Pacific Rural Press published a recipe to help heal livestock wounds received from barbed wire. And this is going to be absolutely insane. People were instructed to apply it with a feather twice a day. I actually did A feather? There was so much shit in it that I didn't put it on. But yeah, that you put it on with a feather. You put, you put what on, on with a feather? The, you put a feather on the wound? It's an elixir. No. They, an elixir? So now people are... It's a secondary business that's being created from barbed wire wounds. So now there's so many wounded animals that now guys are going around selling elixirs to heal the cattle who are getting wounded by the barbed wire. Welcome to fucking capitalism, motherfucker. You find a solution. So this is about this the apothecary case, boom? In this case, you get some some sugar and some honey and, and some blood. Feathers? And, and some water, and you rub it on a cow with a feather. See how much better he is? That'd be $100. Fell over. That'd be $100. I didn't promise that he wouldn't fall over, sir. Quote, do not wash the... Have you tried building a fence around his head? (laughs) Quote, do not wash the sore at all. Keep a supply... Oh, my God. Uh, The advice... Keep a supply constantly on hand to be ready for casualties. Put some uh, feces in the wound. (laughs) Let it fester. (laughs) The Daily Alta California suggested barbed wire fence posts be painted white so the cattle could see them better. In Kansas, it was reported a woman who was driving a team of horses died when they became frightened and threw her onto a barbed wire fence, cutting her throat. Oh, my God. With all that publicity about... Jesus Christ. Barbed wire. I actually cut out what happens, but... Okay. What happened? Uh, we'll get to it. No, no, what happens to cows. Oh. With barbed wire. With all That's the pub- best to not know? Yeah. With all the public, based on what people, what people have said about the couple of times I've really gotten into shit, they would not be able to handle... Just, I mean, but it's obviously just tearing their flesh. I'll, I'll touch on it. <laughs> With all the, all the publicity around barbed wire wounds, advertising changed. In 1876, an Illinois manufacturer stated that his barbs, quote, will be sure to penetrate the skin and give pain. <laughs> just five years later, manufacturers were advertising that their barbed wire, quote, 
would resist force and turn livestock without entangling or otherwise injuring them. Humane feel. Yeah, like it went from like they changed nothing. Oh, this will like, gut them. They're like, this is it's like a pet. <laughs> they purr if they hit it proper. They're getting happy holes. These, yeah, that's just different holes for them to exude happiness. From the Glidden Company's pamphlet, quote, the barbs are short and lance-shaped so that there is no danger of injury to stock. No, good lord, no. They will prick and scratch, but never tear the skin. No wounds are made. No. Consequently, no loss of cattle in the southwest from putrefying sores in which flies deposit their eggs. Oh, my God. That is I the, feel like I wouldn't thou doth protest too much. I, but how about you get an editor and... Because I don't think you should have that in your ad. You know what'll never happen is that they'll get cut and flies will lay eggs in their wounds. <laughs> so that's a problem. But Among a plethora of other things you will avoid. Now, I'm, I'm going to stop because there was also a big problem. So worms would get into the infection. Jesus Christ. And then the cows would basically be eaten apart from the inside. Ugh. Good Lord. And there was a long description of that that I took out. So everyone right now. Say thank you to very Dave. Thankful. Say thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> um, so this is what caused the elixir business to. Uh, so now there's guys cruising around from farm to farm. Hello, I've got elixirs that'll fix your cowworm problem. Uh, I'm having a lot of trouble right now. <laughs> there's a lot coming at me. Have you tried to eat the cowworms? <laughs> so there are just. This is where SpaghettiOs come from. Oh, my God. This is the story of Chef Boy RD. So, so there, there are just cows with festering wounds mm-hmm. that have worms in them, mm-hmm. and then of course we have the hair tonic salesman going from town to town, being like, "Hey, yeah. got a worm problem with your cow? Try some ginger smooth. <laughs> ginger smooth. It's, it's it's what cows' wounds love. It's another thing you don't see in uh, westerns. Weird. Yeah." So Barbara changed the way Americans looked at the West. A lot of people had decided not to go West because of the fencing issue. But with Barbara, they started heading out. Okay. In 1870, there were uh, 2.7 million farms in the U.S. By 1880, 10 years later, uh, 4 million. Okay. So that's almost double. I mean, Pretty not, good. Not quite, but no, not even quite. It's, uh, it's not double. quarter more. Yeah. In 11 Western states, the number of farms increased 74% in the Jesus. 1870s. Some of these farmers put up barbed wire fences around land that was not theirs and blocked access to open public land. Shocker. This is especially true in Texas. (laughs) Let's not. Let's not. Settlers illegally enclosed public property with barbed wire fences. One cattle driver said, quote, it makes me sick when I think of onions and Irish potatoes growing where Mustang ponies should be exercising and where four year old steers should be getting wrapped for market. I mean, I literally want to vomit out of my face when I see goddamn vegetables growing out of the ground where there could be a giant fucking animal. The good news for this guy is that we will follow through with his plan. (laughs) We will get there, sir. We will sacrifice the vegetables for that sweet, tasty uh, meat. McRib is back! Off tangent, like you you or someone who has probably read about how the... Like Tyson chicken is so fucking horrible to the chicken farmers. Like it's well, Dave, un- Dave, there's unfuckably what they do to the chicken farmers. So now there is a giant movement in the Midwest. They're stopping eating meat. They're fucking themselves. The companies. Wait, what do you mean? People, there's a movement. Oh yeah, to stop eating meat yeah. by farmers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the truth is, in the in a lot of those coops, if you'd call them that, don't, like, don't go into it. 
Well, but the I like truly you are now no longer allowed to have windows and it's not because you don't want the chickens to see outside it's because you don't want anyone to see inside right and and the peep and the farmers don't do that that's an order from tyson oh the farmers if you put up a fight you're not a farmer anymore yeah then they take away your farm yeah it's pretty cool yeah yeah so a real estate salesman wrote that the ranchmen were quote fencing up large bodies of land that did not belong to them and trampling on the rights of the public roads were cut off schools and churches became inaccessible to people who traveled on horseback. Uh, We don't want any cattle in the church. Sorry. In Archer and Jones counties in Texas, farmers and cattlemen could only reach the courthouse if they cut someone's barbed wire. (laughs) Sorry, I got to go to court today. Pardon me. Coming through here. Have you ever heard a cow lawyer? He needs to make a case. (laughs) On this week's cow lawyer. In 1883, it was reported that almost 4.5 million acres had been illegally fenced. New York Times, quote, Imagine a horse riding party pressing forward over the wide prairie expanse and coming to a barbed wire fence, which stretch... Imagine the first part. Yeah. I imagine the first part very well. Which which stretched to the horizon, losing itself in the distance. They can scarcely be expected to take the fact pleasantly that the line of fence is 38 miles long and they must go round the pasture. Holy shit. So you can see how that's a problem. Uh, why? Because it takes two more days? <laughs> Is that why? The traveler may choose to cut the fence wires and proceed on their journey, perhaps preparing for a fight. The question is an important and interesting one. How large a pasture a man may enclose against public travel in absence of legislation, which, of course, will ultimately control the matter. Right. Okay. So they're saying some legislation has to happen because this is crazy. Right. Okay, but but we'll, Dave, we want less government. <laughs> in New Mexico, there are enclosed pastures of hundreds of thousands of acres and enclosures for separate herding from 10 to 15 miles square. Inevitably, the new system has brought the herdsman necessity of owning land. Uh, so right. they're saying this caught so now this this makes the guy with the herd by land, like it's, they're calling it a shit show. Like it, it's forcing <laughs> right. those guys to change. <clears throat> a note was found posted on a street in the town of Coleman, Texas, and then printed in the paper quote down with monopolies. So I guess they're calling all these giant farms monopolies, right? Down with monopolies. They can't exist in Texas away with your foreign capitalists. The range and soil of Texas belong to the heroes of the South. No monopolies. And don't tax us to school the nigger. Oh, Jesus. It got weird, God. though. They, it got they weird, They had right? you until the end. It got weird. At the, uh, give us homes as God intended and not gates to churches and towns and schools. All above, give us water for our livestock. I'm still a little hung up on the middle. Well, yeah, I mean, so there's this, there's this southern thing, obviously, happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Native Americans around this time started calling barbed wire the devil's rope. And can, it changed their just, entire way of can life. Can we just start listening to the Native Americans like a little more? Spot on. Like, seems like their gut instinct's a little better than ours. Yeah. <laughs> Is that possible? With this swell of public anger against, first outlaws and cattle rustlers took the lead and started cutting down barbed wire fences around 1881. Okay. Then the cattlemen got into it. Mm-hmm. At first, they cut only illegal fences, and then they started cutting the legal ones. Let's go. Yes. 
Cowboys and cattlemen cut down any fences that block the way to water sources or grazing areas. And it's very hard to catch fence cutters because they usually worked at night and usually wore masks or bandanas. And most people supported them. Good. Gainesville newspaper quote. Several miles of barbed wire fence has been cut in Clay County. On Saturday night, one and a half miles of fence belonging to a steed and ewing was cut by the nippers. They're called nippers. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Who made their work through thorough by cutting between all the posts. Farmers and ranch owners are arming themselves and searching for the fence cutters. Who are you? <laughs> With the nippers. Hello. Shh. We're wearing bandanas. We're the nippers. I mean, I'll show you a picture at the end. Everyone <laughs> the nippers? Of, of, uh, not of the nippers, of, of these guys who are cutting fences. Okay. Everyone was taking sides. Austin Weekly Statesman, quote, As a rule, fence cutters disturb only those who establish monopolies in the lands, and it is better if all of this class is discouraged from buying. Texas needs no more land monopolies. So they're against the big farmers. Yeah. From a Montana newspaper, the selling of large bodies of land to wealthy foreign corporations and persons seems to be at the bottom of most of the trouble, which is now trying the souls of the Texans. This is something that should be stopped at once by national legislation. If kept up, it will develop in this country a landed, a landed? aristocracy uh-huh. similar to that of Great Britain. Oh, boy. We're 99 out of... Every hundred of the entire population are dependent on the bounty of some lord. Uh, right. Yeah. Of course, fights started breaking out. New York Times, quote, <laughs> Many fences were cut in the Dallas area Monday night, and several men were wounded in a firefight. Terrible, terrible times are imminent. That'll save the crops. Get fire involved. No, that's gun, gunfire. I gotta go. <laughs> I'm picturing blowtorches. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> the subject causes much trouble, and a local war is feared. Real estate and livestock... A local war? Yeah. Okay. Real estate and livestock have depreciated in value already, estimated at 60%. The Galveston News reported that nippers had uh, destroyed fencing around a 700-acre property near Waco. <laughs> we'll get there, Waco. Yeah. From uh, Kansas, quote, A widow lady by the name of Miss Ford bought a piece of land. She put... Uh, a good barbed wire fence around it and has used it as pasture ever since. A few nights ago, a party of men, cowards who came in the night, destroyed the entire fence, cutting the wires and pulling the posts out of the ground. Dude, calling them cowards is so much better. It's got cow in it. Yeah. Oh, they are cowards. But also the the widow Ford, like, fuck off. She's some fucking rich lady who bought a bunch of land and put up a fence. Look, the, look, they make again, her sound like the widow Ford. But the idea that, like, you want to protect some of your land, like, is not, that is not crazy. What's crazy is when you're trying to literally just keep, when everything is fenced in and nobody can access anything for no it, real but reason. But that's what it becomes. Right, of course. No matter what. Yes. It starts very simply. You're like, But that's what it is. Like... It's the, you know, it's the greed that consumes us. Also in Kansas, a letter was left on a cut barbed wire fence. Quote, 
We just want to tell you to throw open those gates or we will open them for you. You have no right to that land. You are a thief. You pretend to be a Christian, but I think you have forgotten what your master says. Thou shalt not covet anything that is thy neighbor's. Now there are ten of us that has made up our minds to have the good use of that land and water as you until the lawful owner comes. Now look out. We have got the pictures ready and down will come that fence. You are all a pack of hogs. (laughs) They went off the rails at that point. Yeah, because now they're calling them a pack of animals, which is sort of what they're trying to prevent, right? Or like try to protect. You would like to get all of Kansas, providing you could get it for nothing. You would even like to get that place you live on if you could, but I think you are mistaken. I heard you was owing between $2,000 and $2,500. Better pay up, and you better look out. When do we get to the golden era of less is more with words? I know. There's a lot of writing there. Yeah. it's You're putting a note on a fence. Yeah. Well, you know, you, when you're writing a letter, you start getting into it. Yeah, but you just put the... I mean, you just don't but want the verbose person to have the pen. There's 10 guys. And I was like, put in, put in the hog line. You'll tell them I said, screw it and kick rocks. Screw it and kick rocks. Dodge City Times. Why don't we make it a poem? <laughs> Dodge City Times, October 25th, 1883. The fence-cutting troubles, as anticipated, caused bloodshed. On the border of Jack County, near the lines of the Red River Cattle Company, one man was killed and another wounded. A guard was stationed to protect the fence, and on the night of the 14th, the fence cutters were out, and a conflict ensued. Uh-oh. Up to this time, no further particulars have been ascertained, although it was expected that there would be more fighting. In Colorado, it was reported ranchers were killing people who cut barbed wire fences. Signs were hung, quote, cut this fence and buy your coffin. Oh, I'm not paying you, for my own coffin, you, asshole. You wanted a shorter note. Yeah. I, by the way, I like, I like, I like that. It is shorter. <laughs> <laughs> it, but it was almost impossible to learn who had been shot after someone was shot and killed. Like you just, they would just kill someone and leave them, right? Well, uh, what about the whole coffin talk? <clears throat> well, they put the guy in the coffin and then they throw him in the ground. You never know what happened. I don't think they bought him coffins. In North Dakota, a rancher bought uh, land on each side of the Little Missouri River and started to fence it. This would keep all the cattle away from the river except for his own. So the other ranchers got out their nippers and cut up his fences. So now it's farmer farmer, Farmer v. farmer. Rancher against rancher. When he had it restrung, they cut it again. A little while later, three drunk hunters fired bullets into the rancher's 28-room house. 28-room house? Yeah, he's a fucking What is he, Aaron Spelling? (laughs) Who the fuck is this guy? Uh, this led to a gunfight. One man was killed and another suffered a broken leg. That guy's bad at gunfights. <laughs> the Blue Devils formed in Texas. Oh, boy. They were described as desperados who destroyed fences. Okay. So it's an anti-fence gang. <laughs> you know, at the beginning, if you'd said an anti-fence gang would have made sense to me towards the end, I'd have been like, you're crazy. <laughs> they regarded a fence made of barbed wire as, quote, a barricade against freedom of the soil and cutting it a patriotic duty. True. There were other fence-cutting gangs like the Owls and the Javelinas. Ooh, ooh. Exactly. Oh, God. The fence-cutters are here. Ooh, ooh. A Castroville farmer found a card with a bullet, ho- bullet hole through it on his fence. It came with a threat note. If you don't make gates, we will make them for you. In Hamilton County... <laughs> and they shot through the letter? Well, it's a good way. I mean, you shoot through the letter, and then people are like, well, they're holding this. Well, I think they have bullets. They mean business, boys. They're not aim. Look, they killed this letter. Good God, it's bleeding everywhere. This letter's dead. 
In Hamilton County, 15 men, after cutting barbed wire, left a picture of a coffin with a note saying they were, quote, determined to have free grass and free water, even if, even at the risk of our own lives. Another paper reported a coffin was nailed to a fence post. Coffin was? Yeah, the whole fucking coffin. It's going to be hard to get through. Yeah. Some wire cutters in Live Oak County destroyed a fence, then dug a grave, dangled a rope into it, and left a sign that said, quote, this will be your end if you rebuild this fence. Getting a little cutesy. <laughs> Getting a little cute. Well, now they're me. trying to up each other with the coffin. Antics. Yeah, but I mean, come on. What about building a grave here? Oh, we need to put an actual body on the fence. Oh my god! <laughs> In Brown County, men knew uh, uh, men known as the White Cappers burned pastures, cut fences, and threatened to kill anyone who replaced wire. <laughs> they also threatened that cattle would be poisoned and homes dynamited. Jesus Christ! It's not fucking fences. Poison are, the cattle? Yeah, but fences are because they're owned, right? Okay. One day during day, well, not that's not their cattle. They're no, I understand, yeah. but it's still sort of like a little bit anti what your message is. No, because their message is no fences. They don't care what's in the fence. Yeah, their Even message is cattle. also sort of like let nature be. No, no, no they don't. Their message is no fences, so they don't care. But what's the rationale between no fences is let like you should not be. My point being that the cattle have not done anything. But they don't care. They're that's property that they're destroying. That's fenced in. I take a little bit of an issue. Okay, with it. it got weird. One day during daylight, they came across. That some normally men. happens during day. One man. No, it was never during daylight. So one day during daylight, they came across some men repairing a fence and pushed their guns against their chests and quote threatened them with extinction. <laughs> extinction. You can't follow through on that. What? I'm going to shoot you and all humanity will be done, sir. <laughs> what do they what? think they are? I don't know. This is a very special gun. This is a gun that we found in an alien grave. It would be amazing if that's what happened there and then aliens. We will remove your genealogy from Earth. I mean, imagine if aliens came down after that happened and they're like, good fucking God, what happened here? Well, one guy shot him in the chest and now they're all extinct. <laughs> That'll teach them. You know, the cows are doing great. Cows are good. Cows are thriving. Fort Worth Daily Gazette reported a man arrived in Waco with $500,000 to invest in Texas land, but became concerned about all the fence cutting issues and left disgusted taking all his money with him. The paper said this was not an isolated case. Quote, it is not beyond the bounds of reasonable statement to say that millions of dollars have been lost to Texas through the reports of the reign of lawlessness that fence cutters have commenced. Sure. Check it now before it becomes irreparable. So now, right? So you don't want money leaving town. Nope. This man came to town with 500000 and he left. Can't have that. Nope. In February 1884. Oh, that's my phone. Oh, got to move Elf on the Shelf. What a cute ring. What? Time to move Elf on the Shelf. What the fuck? What are you talking about? It's a Nazi that lives in my house. I know what Elf on a Shelf is, but why does your phone have a special... Because my kid went to bed, and I set an alarm for when to move oh, you Elf move on the Shelf, and then I got to move it. Are you going to set another alarm? No, I'll remember. You know what you should do? Don't. Build a little fence around the Elf. <laughs> Kill never get him. Hey, listen, Finn, uh, the Elf on the Shelf is no longer free range. Okay, because of monopolists, monopolists, monopolists. In February 1884, the so now right so now now that big money is leaving now now things are going to come to a conclusion. Surely, the Texas le- uh, legislature passed several laws to try to put an end to the fence issue. Fence cutting was declared a felony, and severe penalties would be handed down. 
the killing of a fence cutter would be considered justifiable justifiable homicide. What? That is not a term that it's should like be. If you, it's like if if a guy takes like if you have a shirt and a guy takes it, you can kill him, right? Is that okay? I think so. Okay. <laughs> Shirts. This is fence a, for your skin. I like how you. I like how you. You just read about how someone destroys capital in America, a piece of property, and you're you're shocked that someone could be killed for that. I, I mean, just, you can still kill people for taking your shit in America. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, yeah. It's happened. It's happened. Uh, look, well, guy, it's going to start happening way more. Some guy, oh, I don't know where it was, Ohio or someplace, some, some, saw some kid stealing a TV and just shot him and killed him and he got away with it. What? Yes. Was it on Black Friday? Do you, do you know about America? I'm trying not to. <laughs> <laughs> a bad podcast for me, to be on. Large owners of tracts of land are prohibited from fencing in small owners. And if they did, it could make fence cutting justifiable. So, okay. fence cutting is illegal. But if someone fences in your fence, then you can wait, fe- then wait, you can fence cut. Wait, wait. So if people are fencing in other people's fences, yeah, then you could, and justify- then you can kill them. You can no, you can cut the fence. You can cut their fence. You can cut the bigger fence. But what if you build a fence around their fence? Oh, if you double, is that offensive? Quote, in Coleman County, every fence except one is down, and that is guarded day and night by armed men. Governor Ireland said that he would only pardon any man, said that he would pardon any man convicted of shooting a fence cutter. <laughs> Fencing the land of another Is it per- weird that it sounds like it's now, sort of, too? It like is. Like, these sort of things, this rhetoric will be tossed around now. Yeah, it's not, it doesn't feel very different. Right. Fencing the land of another person became a misdemeanor with a fine not to exceed $200 and six months time to remove the illegal fence, right? So if you fence someone in, if a fence crossed public roads, fencers had to install a gate every three miles. Just a week later, 15 to 20 men arrived at a ranch on horseback at a farm outside of Austin and cut a fence. Oh, boy. In April, 60 men were indicted for fence cutting in San Antonio. The district attorney said he would be able to get 200 more indictments for fence cutting, fence post burning, perjury, and conspiracy to kill the sheriff. (laughs) Well, it really picks up at the end. It sweeps. A Mr. Wren approached the New York Times with an idea. He said it would end the fence cutting issue in three months. At the newspaper office. Build a board around their head <laughs> and fence in their heads. Okay, he's back with a different name. Yeah. Uh, Security. Uh, At the offices, Mr. Wren opened a large case and took out a strange looking object he called an angel maker. I've got to go, Dave. He had patented, patented it and said it was guaranteed to kill more fence cutters in 10 minutes than could be put in a freight car. Oh, wow. It's a lot of, a lot of guys. I'm curious. I have a guess. It was a pear-shaped hollow bomb made of cast iron. He said the fence cutter wouldn't see the little wire coming out of the ground. When he cut the barbed wire, it would jerk toward the post, which would set off the bomb. One angel. What is happening? One angel maker's... Uh, That's going to ruin the fence. If, yeah, ruin a lot of shit. One angel maker put, uh, put 18 inches underground... Would hurl rock and dirt hundreds of feet in every direction. So it's a fucking IED. Right. The concussion would kill the man or any animal within 60 feet. So what the fuck is the point? (laughs) 
you save the fence, brother. You just like you're gonna. Uh, I guess you're just hoping that there you just are like kill the guys. Yeah, but I, I guess you hope word gets out that you die if you cut fences. Right. But still, it's not That's, like you're protecting shit at that point. Yeah, no, this is terrorism. This is like <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Mr. Wren said he had already been in contact with men in Texas, and almost everyone he talked to ordered the Angel Maker. He was already sending the bombs in quote harmless form. Uh-huh. He believed as soon as word of the bombs got out, the fence cutters would stop. Quote, of course some few will go ahead and will be blown into mincemeat. Well, look, of course you're going to break a couple eggs, but what an omelet. But their friends will soon catch on to the racket and the fence cutting will be at an end. Right. We just got to blow up some fellas. Right. One Texas sheriff threatened to use one of the bombs in a letter to his superior because he was over patrolling fences and wanted to be reassigned. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he, was, he was being worked too much on fences, so he was going to blow up his boss. Sure. Local legend says he did detonate some bombs and it stopped the fence cutting in a large area of Texas. Okay. In Fort Worth in January 1886, a grand jury was presented with 79 cases against cattlemen for allegedly illegal fencing of public lands. Indictments were handed down against all the leading ranchers in the area, and they started, of course, being acquitted. Mm -hmm. The defense argued... Uh, the law was unconstitutional and that the land board had exceeded its powers. In December 1887, indictments were handed down against fence cutters in Brown County, Texas. None of the indicted men were convicted. Turns out it's hard to prove someone cut a fence in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the night. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's pretty much honor system. But the government intervention began finally to really end the fence cutting wars. During the 1880s, the Texas Panhandle, and I would also imagine the winning of the people putting up the fences. Like, they're just winning the battle. Yeah. During the 1880s, the Texas Panhandle and South Plains of West Texas were hit by powerful storms called Blue Northers. They were very cold storms that made blizzards. This wasn't great for cattle, who would head south to hide out in canyons and river valleys, right? So Blue Northers come, the cows know, mm-hmm. head south, get into some protected area, mm-hmm. hide out. The ranchers would then go have to round them up, which was a total pain in the ass. So in 1882, the Panhandle Cattle Association decided to build a fence to keep northern livestock from wandering down to the southern ranges. Well, that's pretty smart. In a few years, the fence stretched across the entire Texas Panhandle from New Mexico to Oklahoma. Holy shit. A giant fucking fence. Then a cold storm hit in 1885. The cattle headed for their normal southern hiding places, but there was a fence. So they were trapped. The ones that were not trampled, frozen, or starved (sighs) to death were killed by wolves or coyotes. Then it thawed in January, and there was a massive cow corpse reveal. Thousands of cattle were dead along the fence line. The foreman of one ranch was furious and demanded the ranch owners allow him to cut the panhandle fence. They refused, and he quit. More blizzards came the next winter, and again, thousands of cattle died. Jesus Christ. One ranch hand was said to skin 250 carcasses a mile for 35 miles along one stretch. Oh, my God. Several panhandle ranches almost went under from the losses. This wasn't just cattle. Great herds of buffalo were not just killed off from hunting, as we all think. Fences killed many. They couldn't get to their traditional grazing lands or water. From scholar uh, Susan Bentley, quote, barbed wire closed off land, closed people in, and enabled some people to acquire land illegally. So they're just putting up fences everywhere, and it's fucking up not the cows, 
the actual, like our native cows, yeah. buffaloes, yeah. are big, similar beasts. Yeah. The barbed wire fences had won. The fence-cutting wars were the final battle to keep the open range. More settlers came. Barbed wire was strung up in more and more places. Soon, phone companies would begin connecting communities, but there was little interest in connecting rural farmers. They weren't going to pay to bring the wire out to one farmer. But someone realized they already had wire going to farms. Oh, God. And kits started being sold for just $25 to connect phones to barbed wire. (laughs) Cooperatives popped up all over, and by 1907, there were a million and a half households connected, most by barbed wire. Farmers ended up being the early adopters of phone technology. Eventually, phone companies would move in and do it the proper way. And keep it that way until 2017. <laughs> As time moved on, uh, barbed wire became associated with war, the battlefields of World War One, which led to a song sung by British soldiers about being strung up on the old barbed wire. Then, of course, concentration camps Being strung up on the old barbed wire, strung up on the old barbed wire we are. You're you're literally doing the song. Shut up. I'll I'll try to find it and put it at the end. That's what it is. (laughs) Then, of course, concentration camps in Germany uh, and today many prisons. Meanwhile, the fight over the open range has continued with men like... Cliven Bundy. Cliven Bundy, now a leader of the movement. So he's... Ugh, don't make me... His whole deal... Yes. ...is he wants his cows... Free to graze. ...to be able to free graze on government land. Yeah. And the government... That's, that's what Dave, it is. But this is the how the government started. The government has decided that that can damage things which lead to habitats of certain animals being destroyed. So they don't want him doing it in certain places, but he does anyway. And then he's supposed to pay the government to graze on the land... Which yeah, they refuse to do, right. but that's all of their beef. That's the sagebrush moment. But the truth is that, like the the, you know, you you want like you do need any like you you need cattle to be able to move from where they're grazing. The last thing you want is for them to be in an enclosed. I mean, they're not even enclosed spaces anymore. They're in like. Uh, you know, cages essentially, right. but you want them to be able to graze an area, ruin an area, move on from that area. That area, because of um, you know fertilization, will then repopulate, regrow, and then they can come back to that in a year. But what we do is we're like, no, 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 we don't want to move them. Oh God, let me hear it. No, I'm going to put it up. That's that's one of the gangs. Let's have a look here. That's a fence. Oh my gang. God, that's some David Lynch shit. It is. Describe it. Uh, it looks like it's basically guys, one guy's in kind of a bandit mask, but then the rest of the guys have sort of like weird, um, skeleton hoods on, <laughs> like, but they're in suits. It looks like, it looks like a Tim Burton poster. It's a fucked up, we're, it's, we're I'm into a that. fucking weird place, we're a weird place. Ah, oh, shit. That should be an album cover. Um, with the Bob Wise. So, I can't remember the book's called. There's a book. I'm like, I'm like my whole. I've talked about this before. My whole philosophy. And I've never talked about this actually. You've heard of the book Ishmael? Mm, no. Um. So the basic idea is that the way we have decided to farm is wrong. Yes. It's totally against nature. Yeah. And it's sort of not sustainable 
And it's it's created all these problems. And it's sort of fascinating because it goes to this. It's like what's natural and what's right. Well, it's and that's not right. No, like it's what we do now, but it's not right. Like it's not how our our whole we're, we're supposed to live. Our whole society at this point is basically based around Pennywise, Dollar Foolish, the band Pennywise. No, uh, sorry, I'm thinking of Candlestick. <laughs> but no, we really are. We're like you know, it makes sense now for us right now. You can get the most out of cattle. You can get the most out of production. If you just jam in as many in as small a space as possible and, you know, factory farm, essentially. In the long run, it creates so many more problems than it's actually going to be worth. Yeah. Yeah. Because you you are you're ruining land. I mean, what it ends up doing is it ruins land because land gets um, just, you know, over. It, it, yeah. it ruins soil. It yeah, ruins, it ruins soil, and it becomes—I mean—it becomes like septic and all this shit. And so, the idea is that if they were freely allowed to graze, I mean, it's—it's it's really not that complicated either. You know, it's well, just—it is now. It is, but it isn't. It is now. It is because, because of, of corporations, right. but it really isn't. But it is because of corporations. Yes, of course, because <laughs> of fucking Tyson Chicken and fucking McDonald's and Ishmael by David Quinn, Daniel Quinn. Sorry. You should read it. Okay. It looks it's a, really, a pricey. It's a really interesting book. Yeah, it's $10. You don't want to get on that. I don't want to get in that right away. Um, but anyway, it's about it's about that. The Bob um, Wire tricked us, it did. The I, Bob Wire come off us, it did. So Barb Wire was a thing that essentially was a massive technology change for yeah. our society. Yeah. Well, so is the fucking iPhone. I have a... Samsung. Regardless, the smartphone. <laughs> Seems such a great idea, doesn't it? It's not. No, no, of it's course not. Stay off Twitter. Stay off all this shit. Stay um, off the phone a little bit. Put the fucker down. I happen. Do you uh, have anything to say? Anything else? Like I said, we're on ATC Comedy Network. Check that out. We're going to be, there's going to be stuff coming up that we're filming. Yeah. Video stuff. Um, not this, not this podcast, but um, related. Uh, I would never ever get uh, preachy, but a good thing to do sometimes is to uh, you know eliminate meat from a meal every now and then. It does help a lot with this shit. You don't have to have it on every meal. Okay, that's all I'll say. Uh, yeah, I. I Nobody's saying that. never have it. No, cut the fuck back. Well, particularly, just... particularly uh, if you want to save the environment, red meat. Yeah. No, it's better for you to be a uh, vegetarian who drives a Hummer. But this is also weird. Um, your cat is huge. Is your cat not eating tons of meat? Every well, because of the barbed wire. I've wired him in. So he can't roam like he should be able. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so he can't roam like he should be able to. So because I've built the fence and these goddamn nippers keep coming over and they keep cutting it because they're screaming about Monopolis, Jose is unable to get the exercise he needs around the land around him. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? No. So uh, you you should. I mean, first of all, he's losing weight. Mm -hmm. Second of all, I forgot what the question was. He's not losing weight. Third of all, um, can I borrow $10? I have to buy a book. (laughs) (laughs) We Uh, shine cars. We shine cars. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. 
You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it. After it. Let's see you there.